Can playing a game make you feel like a hero? My name's Jonathan, and this is The Snakes Cast, the podcast for people who don't know as much about board games as they'd like to know. This week we're going to look at some games about superheroes and see if they live up to their heroic potential. Welcome back to The Snakes Cast. With me this week are Emily Finnerty. Hello. And Steve Tassie. Excelsior! <laughs> All right, let's get right into it. What makes the superhero genre what it is? I mean, it's not superpowers, obviously, because Batman and Iron Man... It's spandex. Okay, so people in tights, beating the crap out of other people in tights, that's important. Although, once again, Iron Man, no spandex. He's wearing spandex on the inside. Yeah. That's true. Like, the, you, you couldn't fit a tuxedo inside the Iron Man suit. <laughs> Maybe not spandex, but like, like like sporty wicking spandex, stuff that like absorbs sweat. Cycling shorts. Yeah, cycling mm. shorts. Okay, okay, okay. So, um, besides the costumes, or is, or is it really kind of the costumes and that's it? Uh, no, I, I think um, most superhero stuff comes down to a couple of dudes or a couple of dudettes or a dude and a dudette punching each other uh, through so, buildings. So, how's this different? Okay, the through buildings part separates it from UFC. Yeah. But um, beyond, is, is there anything beyond the fighting? Do, am I going to have to do this? Am I going to have to step up and be the defender of superheroes here? I think I am. Okay. No, I love superheroes. It's great. Yeah. I don't know. You know, justice and, you know, I don't... saving the day. Yeah, saving the Everybody day. Everybody wants to be world, a hero. You know, getting to punch villains instead of like... Even the chance to make a difference. You even know? the bad guy wants to be a hero. He just sees cases, the yeah. world in a different he way. He wants to be his own hero. Yeah. No it's... one's no one's the villain of their own story. Even Dr. Doom. <laughs> And uh, I, I think what's so appealing about superheroes today is that you know everybody knows the world's full of problems. Everybody feels like they can't do anything about them. Uh, imagining that you can have the capability to to really affect things, to make a difference for good or for ill, for that matter. It's 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 great. flex your abs of being kind, yeah, and your deltoids of compassion. It's wish fulfillment <laughs> fantasy, and that's great stuff. So okay, you like superheroes. You like superheroes. We all like superheroes. We're all big on that. What would you want to be able to do in your ideal superhero game? Save the day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. You want, you want to save the world from some sort of threat. Do you want to go up against like a super villain or do you want some natural disaster with a meteor that's going to hit the earth or something? Which? Uh, well, I mean, that's either or, but I think that most games go the super villain route because mm-hmm. there's, I don't know, there's something more identifiable you the supervillain is wearing tights yeah you you there's a personification there <laughs> you know punching a meteor out of earth orbit doesn't have the same pizzazz as punching a villain into earth orbit <laughs> yeah i mean natural disasters it's you know it's you know it's the planet you know we didn't like it's not doing anything wrong it's you know? true. It's, it's, it's true. An asteroid is not a villain. Exactly. And in as much as it's, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, good for you. Punching that asteroid out of orbit. You know, <laughs> Earth gets to live another day, whatever. But it, it's not like if, if if the hero wasn't around to punch that asteroid, I feel at a certain point, nobody would, everybody would be like, well, had a good run. But, you know, <laughs> that asteroid, it just kind of just happened. Whereas... Yeah, like villainous intent is way more satisfying too. Villains make speeches. Yeah. As well as wearing spandex. And it's just so satisfying. There's one other thing too, I think, that uh, that really that I would certainly want in a superhero themed game. And that is I want each of the players to have their own unique portfolio of stuff that they can do. 
Uh, and gadgets. Absolutely. Gadgets, and superpowers, outfits. tricks, spells, knowledge, allies, yeah. um, something. You know, yeah. something unique. And the more brightly colorful and the more widely different they are, the better it is. I think the reason why the Avengers and the Justice League are so popular is because the characters in them are so different and their capabilities are so different. Having Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman on the same team is amazing. I noticed you didn't mention Aquaman. Uh, actually, believe <laughs> Nobody it. wants Aquaman. Oh, man. You <laughs> didn't watch Brave and Bold, obviously, because Aquaman is awesome. He is outrageous, and I will hear nothing to the contrary. He's getting a gritty reboot. In, uh, <sighs> no, 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 no. It'll be, it's going to be great. You should see the, the promo photos. It's great. It's... Uh, Jason Momoa. Need to be gritty. I mean, okay, Jason Momoa's cool. Yeah, and he and it's it's. He does look pretty badass. He does badass. That's great. Came Atlantis. They did the gritty thing in the Justice League cartoon. And it was cool, but I just I was outrageous. But uh, here's the thing: did you, did you guys ever see any superhero themed games when you were little, like from way back in in the day? Uh yeah yeah there was it would have been like just fairly basic roll and move games yeah. with oh, yeah. superhero logos on them right? yeah pretty so, much yeah. pretty much there's a nothing, spinner yeah nothing that's gonna make you feel like an actual hero though right no so what was missing that's a really good a uh, good question um because I think that what was missing then is what's missing from a lot of games today to this day about superheroes uh and i think it's it's the variation it's the uh interesting interplay of how one hero interacts with another hero or the villain yeah it's not Um, easy to model that stuff yeah and uh, and there are other challenges too let's let's go into that stuff So there are a lot of challenges if you're going to make a superhero tabletop game. You hit on one right off the bat, and that is bizarre interactions between these things. I mean, what happens when Thor brings Mjolnir down on Captain America's shield? I mean, until you see that moment in the Avengers, we don't know what's going to happen there. And it's hard to write a rule book that's going to include all of these individual things. And these the, the weird powers, something like Green Lantern, for example. I'm going to make a giant baseball glove. Yeah. What does that do? Can Green Lantern make a thing with his ring that would catch Mjolnir? Yeah. Uh If if you're going to do a game with superheroes and supervillains duking it out, you kind of have to be able to cover this stuff. And unless it's going to be really abstract, which I think most of the best superhero games have been, kind of, um, it's hard to model all those things. I mean, how can you do Mr. Fantastic contorting his body to, to shape it into anything he wants it to be? I mean... How are you going to do Batman? You need a Stretch Armstrong doll. <laughs> That's your playing piece. I suppose so. But, 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 but how's that going to make you win? I mean, Batman's endless stream of gadgets. Spider-Man's weird array of abilities. I mean, and then, of course, there's the license holders. We all know about you know, people like Warner Brothers and uh, Disney. License and games mostly suck. Mostly they do. Not yeah. always. Not always. There are a few. Mostly. And uh, and for a lot of the same reasons that there's the, the, that intellectual property is very closely guarded, more so now than ever. Thanks, Avengers. Um, and you have to be really careful about this. So the 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 the, the lawyers, the approvals process is going to really whittle things down. Can you get around that any way other than just being Disney and being able to make whatever you want? Well, Sentinels of the Multiverse solved the problem by. <laughs> Making um, make your own damn superheroes yeah, like gentle knockoffs. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, homages. Yes, there you go. That's a good word. <laughs> License adjacent superhero <laughs> characters uh, that are very clearly 
someone else without being someone else. Um, and so that's one solution. But that fails in that people who are super comic book fans want to be the superheroes they know. Yeah. So if I want to be Batman, I can play a a real Batman game that's probably weak. Or you can play Sentinels and or be I, the Wraith. I can be the Wraith, who's not quite Batman, but is she's Batman cool. adjacent. Oh, and she's a great character. Squint a little, looks a little bit <laughs> yeah. like Batman. Um, Batman, but with a lot of bandages on. <laughs> yeah. So that's one solution. Not a bad one either. Um, let's... Here's the thing. Let's take a look at some of the ones that have succeeded. And I think, again, I think abstraction is a great way to do this. Go with a really simple rule set and have lots of different individual components, cards usually, that go against this. The, the two best, or at least the most well-received uh, forms of game using the big two, Marvel and DC, so far, have been a deck-building game and a dice-building game, both of which are heavily abstracted. So there was Marvel Legendary. That was the first one. Have you guys played that one? I haven't. No. I, I've played Legendary Encounters, Me the too. same game in the Alien universe, but I haven't applied that game engine to superheroes. Well, take, Alan Ripley's a superhero. She totally is. Uh, the thing is that you can't, um, well, it, just like in that one, you can't actually be Ellen Ripley. You can buy Ellen Ripley cards to go in your deck. Uh, you do in, in, uh, in Legendary Encounters, you get to be a person. Your little person is there and they take damage and stuff. You don't get that in Marvel Legendary. Instead, you feel kind of like one of those people back at S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters with the boom like in front of their face saying, Black Widow, look up behind you or something. And you, like you're saying, Steve, people want to be the hero. Yeah. Now, Marvel Legendary is very popular because it does a good job of sort of creating uh, these narratives, but you don't actually get to be the hero. Now, with the DC deck building game, using the much, much simpler Cerberus engine, the same one they used for Street Fighter and uh, Lord of the Rings, you get to be Superman. You get to be Wonder Woman. You get to be Aquaman. And he's actually pretty awesome. Yeah, but in that game, yeah, I can be Batman, or I could be the Flash, or I could be Superman, but whoever I am, I can buy the Batmobile a bunch of times. Which is awesome. <laughs> Who doesn't want to see Green Lantern driving the Batmobile around? Who doesn't want to see Wonder uh, Batman Woman doesn't. swinging a Batman doesn't around? want to see that. Yeah, well, that's too bad for Batman, because I want to see that. Yeah, DC, uh, the game is simple, it's easy to learn, it's not a bad game, but... I don't think thematically the the mechanics of the Cerberus system. You've obviously never read meet. a Silver Age comic. Yeah. Well, <laughs> did you play the DC deck builder? No, I haven't. No, yeah, it's it, it, Steve's right. Well, he's not wrong at least. But uh, <laughs> it's as good as being right. It's yeah, it's, it's almost. <laughs> it's accessible, but uh, the other one that's done really well, which you'll never see at Snakes and Lattes, is the Dice Masters games. Uh, we did an episode on collectible games a while back with. Uh, Mikhail and sort of talking about the reasons why we don't carry those. But imagine something like a Dominion-style deck-building game where instead of a deck of cards, you have a bag full of dice. And the dice are super pretty. And you get a little you know, bag of them for, for 99 cents with two you know, adorable little dice and two cards to go with them. Um, both of these games are very, very abstract. And they allow you to do like minor little cool things that are reminiscent of things that these heroes did without simulating the fall of each punch and uh, how much damage a thing can take beyond the most very, very basic and abstract levels. And I think that's why, you know, keeping them fast and light and loose, it's made them sort of work. But they haven't really provided that epic sense of a, uh, of a big superhero punch-up. Although there's one other game that kind of does. Steve, you mentioned Sentinels of the Multiverse a little while ago. I did. Have you played this one? 
Just once, yes. All right. What were your impressions? I liked it. It was it's, good. It was. It's a co-op game, right? Mm, yeah. Who did you get to play? Pardon me? Who, which hero were you? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, one of the women. Let's see. There's Fanatic, who's... I think... Uh, you're... There's, uh, there's the Wraith, there's... Uh, the Tachyon. Visionary, Tachyon. Um, it might have been the Fanatic. The name sounds familiar. She, she an angel? Big angel. Maybe not. The big sword and... Uh, Maybe not. More like ninja. That's the, the Wraith. Wraith. The Wraith. Yeah. Batman. She's, but, she's basically Batman. I feel like I would have remembered... Anyways, I feel like I would have remembered if it was like Batman, you know, air quote Batman, but <laughs> whatever. Anyways, yes, I played it. I was perhaps the Wraith, perhaps not, but it was great. I enjoyed it very much. So um, I think one of the things about Sentinels of the Multiverse that, uh, that really makes it work is the fact that it's a co-op game. It's just straight co-op. It's all the heroes against a villain. Yeah. And it's, it doesn't have a lot of the drama that appears in comics, but what it does have is lots and lots of punching the bad guy over and over and over again. Yeah. yeah it does. Progressively harder. Uh, you're a fan of Sentinels as well. Uh, I, do, I do like it. I own almost everything that has been put out for the Sentinels card game. Uh, I, there are a few of the promo cards that I don't have, but I have all the expansion packs. Uh, I'm not a fan of all of it. Uh, I didn't really dig the Vengeance expansion that's the one where the all the villains have their own versions of the heroes right yeah it's 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 now you're not fighting a villain you're fighting a super vet super villain team where they're all weaker um but there's a bunch of them now Mm. um that, that mechanic i felt really bogged the game down and the the weakness of sentinels is the vast amount of bookkeeping that is required to play it um, All right, this this one's been weakened because of this, but they're stronger now because of that, but they're yeah. uh, slower because of this, and they do extra damage with Toxic, and they yeah. take bonus damage from Fire. and Yeah, um, so there's a lot of tokens flying around, and when you now have one villain acting for every hero turn, I think that I think they missed the boat with Vengeance, but overall the game I like. Uh, I recently acquired it on my uh, tablet, and... I I almost it's weird. I almost don't feel the need to ever play the card game again because the tablet does the bookkeeping for you. That would be um, so much easier. It, it's really great. the The downside is that um, you're not playing with people. I, I think they've recently added a multiplayer online mode where you can you can play with other people who also have the app, but um, there isn't. A mode where we could all sit here and play the game on my on my tablet together. Yeah, pass and play would be would be nice. Did it? I just wanted to ask. Despite obviously, it's not as memorable something when it's a character that you remember from when you were little. But did the did the battle feel superhero-y? You know, did you feel heroic going into this? Uh, somewhat. I somewhat? think I haven't played it in a little while. I think it was probably about a year ago. Mm. I think you were there. Possibly. Steve. Possibly. I don't know. I think it was at Scott's house, so I just assume you were there. Um, but I think so. I mean, I, I feel that I wouldn't have enjoyed it so much if I felt it missed the point. I mean, mm. superhero games, for me, like, part of the point is feeling like a superhero, doing some sort of superhero-y thing. Um, so, yeah, I think so. I think that it felt heroic. It was, you know, a sacrifice and stuff yeah. like that. It was... It seems like the closest thing so far that we've seen to something that really encapsulates that superhero experience. Cause it, 
if you're not going to go into the world of role playing games, then yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like uh, to me, if I want to play, if I truly want to play a superhero game, I will play a role playing game where I get to be a superhero, whether it's uh, you know, the old school from the eighties Marvel. Uh, role-playing game man did they ever have to do a lot of contortions to make some of those powers work yeah that that was not a good game but it was one that i had as a kid there's mutants and masterminds for the d20 system there's uh gurps has a supers version there's champions or you can just freeform it or you can freeform it absolutely there's you know teenage mutant ninja turtles from the palladium (laughs) system back in the day back when they all wore red headbands Uh, darn it the feng shui role playing game lends itself uh, to superhero stuff because it's it's very kung fu action movie style mm. stuff. That is what I would really like to do with a role playing with a, with a superhero game, um, but I don't have as much time in my life for role playing anymore. Uh, so board games have to do. I think one thing that would do a lot to bring it closer into the realm of role playing on the tabletop would be going with a one against many approach. Because mm-hmm. uh, there's there's only one game out there that I know of where you've got one person being the supervillain and everybody else teaming up against them, and that's the recently released Justice League strategy game, which looks it's basically pandemic with one person causing problems. Hmm. That's that's it's Dark Side versus four of the Justice League, and it looks fine, um, but something about the production, the art, the the layouts, something about. I, I haven't actually played it. I shouldn't judge it at this point, but it seems like so many other super games out there. It seems almost, but not quite. And uh, I guess I'm still waiting for that tabletop game that's going to really make me feel like I did when I was watching Justice League cartoons and uh, and rooting for my heroes. Any other thoughts about superhero games? Uh, I'm not as familiar with most of these games as you two are, obviously. Um, but something that I, I feel would, and I don't, I don't know if this exists already, which is why I'm saying this. But um, I feel that something for me that would make it a little bit more interesting would be um, more consequences mm. for heroes' actions. Because I mean, not so much before, but now you know, heroes have to deal with you know being, you know, the law and you know guilt if they you know harm innocent bystanders and you know bills being sent to their uh, layers if they mess up buildings um and it'd be interesting if like if you if uh, in playing especially like i feel in a co-op game if your actions had different actions you do had had consequences like i'm going to lift up that building and i'm going to throw it at the villain villain well that building's full of people <laughs> uh if you lift up that building and throw it at the villain uh you're gonna kill a bunch of people saving civilians is i think something that we don't see that much of and uh, collateral and, and, damage. Yeah, yeah like and, collateral damage or like, you know, or personal guilt. Stuff. Yeah, personal Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. The, 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 the most memorable encounter in all of Spider-Man's career through the comics was the one where he failed to save his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And uh, something like that, uh, could, that that could create moments at the table. That'd be fantastic. I'd love to see that. Yeah, and I mean, it's a, it's a trend now in like more recent superhero movies to have that sort of like brooding moment even than some of the lighthearted ones you know there's always like introspection and like what have i done so having that yeah batman's always been dark and broody um iron man has his alcoholism and mm-hmm. now with the with the movies he's suffering ptsd to mm-hmm. to deal with that may have been in the comic books as well i don't know i haven't read a lot of iron man comic books um but flawed heroes are yeah. uh heroes who struggle yeah, uh, more relatable in that way. Yeah. It, would be, it would be a nice thing to and see. And yet, Man of Steel failed. They tried to make <sighs> the Boy Scout 
into a flawed hero. No, 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 no. no. Wrong flaws. Yeah. That's, we, we can talk about Man of Steel some other time, but I will defend the big boy in blue to my last. <laughs> That's all for this week. If you've got a favorite superhero game, or if there's another topic you'd like to hear about on this show, please do tweet it to us at SnakesCast, focus on our Facebook page, or use the contact form at snakesandlattes.com. Steve, Emily, thank you for coming on the show. Steve, smash! <laughs> okay. Okay, Steve. <laughs> sure. <laughs> the SnakesCast is produced by P.T. Douglas. Music is provided by Ben Sound, and the opinions expressed on the show belong to the people in it, not the company behind it. See you next week, everyone. Game on. Game on.